Today on the Matt Walsh Show, Believe All Women has been reborn, except now it's been racialized as well. Before we were told that we must believe all women who claim that they were sexually assaulted or harassed. Now we're told that we must believe any non-white person who claims they're the victim of racism. But this idea is just as dangerous and irrational as Believe All Women. We'll talk about why. Also, five headlines, including a true American hero, I don't use that phrase lightly, who stood up against a couple of women at the store who were hectoring him over not wearing a mask. You have to see the video if you haven't seen it. Play that for you. And in our daily cancellation, I will cancel the makers of a children's toy for causing me life-threatening injuries. Um, and it's a very important can, probably the most important one yet because it's so personal to me. All of that is on the way on the show today. But before that, I want to tell you about our new sponsors, Cars for Kids. You know, uh, some of us have been taking time during our time being at home going through, finding we have a lot of stuff cluttered around the house that we don't need. Uh, and what's a good st- thing to do with that? Rather than throwing it away, of course, you could donate it. If you have a car that's taking up space, sitting in your driveway, sitting in your garage, whatever it is, that you're paying insurance on, uh, I have one question for you. Why? Why is it just sitting there? Get rid of it. Donate it to Cars for Kids. Many of you have heard the jingle. Uh, it's a real earworm. I'm I'm being told here to... to to sing it or hum it, I, you know, I just can't. The thing is, my singing voice, I have been told, causes the listener to plunge into despair and give up uh, the will to live. And I wouldn't want to do that to you or to uh, the great people at Cars for Kids. So you'll have to take their word for it. But you can get a tax deduction and a vacation voucher. Here's how it works. Cars for Kids makes the process of donating your car quick and easy. Uh, it takes just about two minutes to do. They handle all the details, all the paperwork. They're taking that off your plate. All you need to do is schedule a pickup and sign the title. Simple as that. Pickups are contact-free. Just leave your, you leave your signed title with your keys in the car to avoid unnecessary contact. The Cars for Kids driver will conveniently pick up your car while maintaining a safe distance. Donating your car is tax-deductible. Your tax deduction is based on the sale price of your car. Cars for Kids works hard to sell your car for the best price which means more funds for their charity and a bigger tax deduction for you. And as a special thank you for donating your car, Cars for Kids gives you a vacation voucher good for a three-day, two-night hotel stay. So, I mean, you just it's a win-win-win for everybody involved. With Cars for Kids, you get professional service, a convenient pickup, maximum tax deduction, a vacation voucher, and a good deed. All of that wrapped into one. Donate today at carsforkids.org slash Walsh. That's cars with a K, K-A-R-S, the number four, kids.org slash Walsh. They'll give you the donation experience that you deserve. Carsforkids.org slash Walsh. All right, so the Me Too movement with its uh, Believe All Women slogan has been reborn, resurrected, only more like Frankenstein than Jesus Christ in this in this case. What, uh, what we can look forward to now in our culture is a racialized version of the same concept. We've already seen it, of course, playing out, but I think it's only going to get worse, which is why uh, it, it's it's worth spending some time on today talking about it, and I'm going to focus to frame this discussion, focus especially on an article in the Wall Street Journal just published, says, what does being an ally look like? Companies offer training in support of black colleagues. And then it says, acknowledge past mistakes and question workplace practices to support the advancement of black coworkers, corporate leaders say. And in a posting to Twitter, the journal provides in the caption, This quote from the article um, says, if a black person tells you that they're feeling something is racist, just believe them. So we'll get to that in a moment. But first, let's uh, let's read 
a bit from this article as we work up to that. Uh, it says, difficult conversations with colleagues about their experiences are a critical part of being an ally in the workplace, Ms. Shiler said. We have to allow people to voice what they've been through and the physical and mental exhaustion, she said. You have to be uncomfortable every single day or we're not going to get this right. Ms. Shiler, Shannon Shiler, by the way, she's the chief purpose and inclusion officer at PricewaterhouseCoopers. Purpose and inclusion officer. How do you get that job? And how much does it pay? I'm going to bet well into the six figures to be a purpose and inclusion officer. Um, Prompted by protests after the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis, many corporate leaders are evaluating how best to advocate for underrepresented employees as part of a broader diversity and inclusion effort. From tech giant Microsoft Corp to uh, law firm Winston & Strawn, companies are unveiling plans to provide training and host discussions about the concept of allyship. Ally training promotes the idea that an ally, generally someone who is white or otherwise in the majority, supports the workplace advancement of people who are black or otherwise in the minority and stands up for them when they experience discrimination or unfair treatment. By the way, this article is doing that new thing where black is capitalized but white isn't. There is no gr- grammatical defense of that whatsoever. Rather, really, neither word should be capitalized. But if you're going to capitalize one, you should capitalize the other. Um, there's, there's, there's no grammatical reason to do this. It's just that the left injects ideology into every single crack and crevice of the national conversation that it can. Everything is, 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 is turned into an ide- ideological issue, even what words you capitalize. Um, and that's one of the reasons why the left wins all the time, by the way, is that they're, they're uh, making everything into an ideological fight, and they're fighting... They're going to have fights that are so petty and ridiculous, seemingly, that normal people won't even engage. So another classic example, I'm getting away from this, I'll get back to it in a second. Um, but another, another, another example just from the last few days is this, uh, the thing with the Goya company that makes, you know, I, I, most people know them for their, for their beans. That's, that's, why, that's why I buy their cans of beans. But the the CEO said that he supports Trump, and now there's this massive campaign um, against the company. And meanwhile, for most, like, when I'm going to buy a can of beans, it wouldn't even occur to me to refrain from buying a certain kind of bean because the CEO of the company that produced it supports a politician I don't like. I, I don't know what politicians my cans of beans support. I don't care. It, it, it's, it's just not. But on the left, they are that petty that they won't even buy beans from you unless you uh, sign on to all of their doctrinal beliefs. And that's one of the reasons why they win. It's because they're going to fight. They're going to have fights that the rest of us won't even participate in um, because we're just too rational at times. All right, let's back back to this. Uh, It says, at supermarket chain Kroger, one of its workplace groups, the African-American Associate Resource Group developed an allyship guide with advice on how to support black colleagues and recommendations for books and movies that discuss race. Um, Allies can serve as a sounding board for peers and work to understand where bias exists in the organization. Uh, Okay, so on and so forth. Further on, it says, 
When white coworkers refer to their black coworkers as being too loud or aggressive, or their appearance doesn't fit within their personal acceptable standards, managers need to address these microaggressions. According to Helen Aboa, who's the CEO of Urban Zen, a New York-based clothing, beauty, and home decor retailer. Okay, well, what if they're really just being too loud, aggressive, or they're out of uniform? Isn't that a possibility for anybody of any race? If a white employee is acting that way, uh, there will be no problem with saying so, right? So it's always racist to say that of a black employee, but never racist to say it of a white employee? If that makes sense to you, you're either high or suffering from psychotic delusions because it makes no sense whatsoever. Um, okay, and then we get to the to the money quote. Wilda White, a consultant who serves as the chair of a Vermont, uh, of a Vermont, Vermont, I don't know why I said it like that, of a Vermont, the state of Vermont, uh, the, the chair of a Vermont Oversight Commission on Mental Health and Law Enforcement said she has been getting texts recently from colleagues asking how she's doing. It's nice that people are trying to express solidarity, she said, but in the absence of a meaningful relationship, such efforts can feel empty like empty gestures. White employees can help black coworkers by being respectful of their experiences instead of arguing or trying to invalidate their feelings, she said. If a black person tells you that they're feeling something is racist, just believe them. Okay. Now, this is an important point. Believe them. If they say that they feel something is racist, believe them. Well, believe what exactly? Believe that they feel that way? Okay, sure. If someone says they feel a certain way or don't feel a certain way, all you can do is believe them. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, and, and why is that? Because, because nobody else can speak for someone else's feelings other than the person experiencing those feelings. That's the only person who could be an authority on the feelings that are being felt. Yes, I agree. But you see what that means. That, that, that idea invalidates the claim that we just heard, and I'll explain why in just a second. But first, uh, Blink Sale. This video, this uh, show is sponsored by Blinksale, the revolutionary invoicing software that's changing the landscape for small businesses and independent contractors everywhere. Uh, you know, the, the American dream is owning and building a successful business. Uh, that's, that's how you can really have freedom, is when you have your own business, you're doing what you love, uh, providing something to your community. But many business owners know that there are many moving parts with business, and there, there are things about owning a business, that, from what I've heard from business owners, that you didn't even you didn't even think would be a challenge that end up being uh, you know, a bigger challenge than you thought. Something simple like invoicing, um, keeping track of invoicing, uh, you know, getting the invoices together, all of that stuff can be very difficult, and that's why you need BlinkSale. BlinkSale with BlinkSale, you can send beautiful custom branded invoices and estimates in seconds. You can uh, stay on top of your outstanding invoices. You can let your customers and clients easily pay your invoices online. You'll even get instant notification when a customer opens your invoices, so you'll actually know if they're just avoiding paying you or not. Um, and here's also something you can do. You can get $10. Uh, BlinkSale is going to give $10 to 500 Daily Wire fans. Here's how to get it. Go to BlinkSale.com, start your 14-day free trial, create your first invoice of $10, and activate an online payment option. Send the invoice to dailywire at BlinkSale.com and get paid your $10. The first 500 people to send an invoice for $10 to dailywire at blinksale.com will get their invoice paid 
Now, stop wasting time invoicing and try BlinkSale for free at BlinkSale.com slash Walsh. That's B-L-I-N-K-S-A-L-E dot com slash Walsh. BlinkSale. Spend less time billing and more time doing what you love. Okay, so the claim being made here is that, is that you can't, if somebody feels a certain way, you, you, you have to believe how they feel. Um, take them at their word, essentially. And I agree with that. But the problem is, at least for the claim made here, that the person being accused of saying or doing something racist is also the only person who can verify that claim. In other words, when you say that a statement or action is racist, you're making a claim not about your own feelings, but about the feelings of the person who did or said the thing. Uh, you might feel like it was racist, but whether or not it actually is racist, well, that goes to the, the feelings and intentions of the person who did or said it. That's what you're, you're really making a claim about their emotional state, about their intentions. And the only person who can speak to that, as we just covered, the only authority on that subject is the person themselves. In lieu of mind-reading capabilities, only the person being accused is an authority on the subject of their own alleged racism. So, you feel something is racist. Okay, you feel that. Fine. But your feelings about someone else's feelings have no evidentiary value whatsoever. If I want to know whether something was racist, I'm not going to go talk to other people to see how it made them feel. Because that's not going to tell me whether or not it actually was racist. Your feelings about my feelings don't prove anything at all about my feelings. It's true that I can lie about my feelings. And it's true sometimes that my actions can speak so clearly to a certain feeling or intention that my claims after the fact have to be treated skeptically. So, for example, if I, if I walk up to you out of the blue and punch you in the face, and then later on I say I didn't mean to hurt you, in that case you would be justified in, 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 in feeling skeptical about my claims. That's because there's almost no other conceivable reason why you would, why I would walk up to a person and punch him in the face. So you, as the punchee, are left to surmise either that the puncher wanted to do you harm or that they're insane. There really isn't any third option. Um, maybe they were like aggressively trying to swat a mosquito away from your nose, but you know that 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 again seems dubious. So there are nuances here, but even so. The only true authority on a person's feelings and intentions is the person. If that authority chooses not to be honest or to conceal the truth, then that's what they're going to do. But they are still the only authority. The rest of us can only guess, surmise, theorize, come to tentative conclusions. But we can't know the way the person can know. And all of that means that, that, that in a situation where there could be any number of reasonable ways to explain a person's actions, when a, person, you know, when a person's actions could plausibly be motivated by good or bad or neutral intentions, and this is the case most of the time. I mean, with most of the things people do, um, especially in their interactions with other people, there's any number of ways to interpret it. And in those cases, all you can do is, is listen to their own account of their own actions their explanation and accept it. 
So a really good example from this article. Um, it says that uh, it's a microaggression and it's racist to tell a black employee that they're being too loud. Okay, well, if someone in a work environment says to another person, uh, you're being too loud, it seems to me that there's any number of reasons why a person might say that. One reason, I guess, is that they're racist and that they're, you know, they're trying to, to, to shut up a black person because they're ra- racist. I, that is a, a possibility, I guess. But there are a lot of other possibilities, too. One possibility is that the person is really just being too loud. And others in their work environment can't focus. That's a possibility. Uh, there may even be, you know, options C, D, and E here. I don't know. Um it's possible that the person saying you're being too loud uh, does have ill intentions, but that aren't racially based. Maybe they have a personal animus against this person. Uh, maybe it's you know some passive aggressive dig at, a, at an individual they don't like. I mean, there are any number of reasons why the person who said you're being too loud might have said that. And in that case, given that there are so many possible explanations, so many plausible explanations, and in fact, the most plausible and immediate explanation is totally innocent. You know, the most plausible and immediate explanation being the person is really just being too loud. Nothing to do with their race. They're just being too loud, as people can tend to be in a workplace environment. Um, in that case, it doesn't make any sense for someone to say, well, I feel like it was racist, so it was. No, no, no. All we can do, if, if you really suspect that there might be a racist reason for that to be said, um, then all you can do is ask the person, why did you say that? And they can tell you. Now, you might say, if they meant it in a racist way, they're not going to admit it. Yeah, maybe so. But even in that, but, but, but even so, they are the only authority. No one else can be an authority. Okay? If, 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 if Samantha is saying, you're, says something to Tammy... Um, and we want to know why Samantha said that thing. It doesn't make any sense to ask Tammy. We have to ask Samantha, right? Tammy's not the one who said it. Samantha is. But, you know, I'm, I'm trying to explain all of this uh, and going to great lengths to be logical about it. But, of course, it doesn't matter because, as I said before, this is all ideology. And the left injects ideology into everything. Part of their ideology, of course, is that Every white person is racist inherently. Doesn't matter what you feel or how you think. You're, everyone is racist. And therefore, everything you do could be and probably is at some level racist, especially if you're interacting with or in any way dealing with someone of another race. Um, so it's all, so really, it's all racist. And, and another part of that ideology is that somehow. Uh, the white people who have this inherent racism, most of them are too stupid or, or, or too blind to even see it within themselves. And so they need other people to enlighten them. All ideology-based. No logic to it. No rationality whatsoever. Um, but that's what makes the world turn these days. Let's go to headlines. Number one, the, the esteemed uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the esteemed scholar has a theory as to why violent crime is on the rise. And and here's here's her theory. So why is this uptick in crime happening? Well, let's think about it. Do we think this has to do with the fact that there's record unemployment in the United States right now? The fact that people are at a level of 
economic desperation that we have not seen since the Great Recession. Maybe this has to do with the fact that people aren't paying their rent and are scared to pay their rent. And so they go out and they need to feed their child and they don't have money. So you maybe have to, they're put in a position where they feel like they either need to shoplift some bread or go hungry that night. Shoplifting bread. Sure. You know, except the problem is that the crimes on the rise are not bread thefts. I'm not aware of any statistic about bread being stolen at a higher rate than usual. I'm not, I'm not aware of that happening. No, the crimes that are on the rise are crimes like this. The community is up in arms, as you might imagine, over this tragic and senseless murder of a 22-month-old. I just got the update from the New York City Police Department. They tell me uh, this little boy it was uh, identified as Devel Gardner. He lived here in Brooklyn, in Brownsville. However, he was at a cookout with family members here on Madison Street overnight. It was around 1130, and you can see this morning that little boy's stroller still on the sidewalk. Police telling me he was sitting there when two men walked up and just started firing into the crowd. That little boy was shot in the stomach. He was rushed to an area hospital where doctors could not save him from that gunshot wound to the stomach. Three other people here at this cookout were also wounded, three adult men. They are expected to be okay. Witnesses are telling me that they saw these suspects sprint away, possibly into a waiting vehicle on Marcus Garvey Boulevard. This was just uh, one of 35 people shot over this weekend, and clearly people in the community are incensed. Two years old, less than two, actually, a baby, shot in the stomach, killed at a barbecue with his family. Added to the list of children, very young children in many cases, who've been murdered in our cities over the last few weeks. And let's be clear about, about what AOC is doing here. Okay, she is looking to distract from, from, from this by dressing this kind of crime up as, you know, a downtrodden person stealing bread. Now, she wasn't talking specifically about this case when she said that, but she was justifying the rise in crime. And the rise in crime has been a rise in this kind of crime. And she knows that. It has been a rise in violent crime against often innocent children or other members of the community and usually the black community. That's the crime we're dealing with. And she's trying to justify it. Number two, there were protests. Uh, speaking of justifying crimes, there were protests in Detroit over the weekend over a man named Hakeem Littleton who was shot and killed by police. Uh, protesters were, as, as this NBC headline says, demanding justice. Here's some footage of that peaceful protest of people who just uh, want nothing but justice in the world. Watch. I'm out this so peaceful. So, so peaceful. Actually, several cops were assaulted during that peaceful protest. Because, you know, they, these protesters were so distraught over Hakeem Littleton that they had no choice but to um, assault police officers. The only problem, which isn't really a problem for the protesters who couldn't care less about the truth, obviously. But still, the issue here is that despite the testimony of eyewitnesses who say that Hakeem was, was gunned down, unarmed, you know, um, despite that, uh, he was actually in reality pulling a gun and firing it at police officers. Here's the video of that altercation. 
This weekend, parts of Detroit on edge as protesters demand justice for Hakeem Littleton, the 20-year-old shot and killed by police Friday afternoon. The outrage set off after claims on social media accusing Detroit police of killing an unarmed man. Authorities responded by releasing dash and body cam footage showing members of the police gang squad approaching and arresting Darnell Sylvester, wanted on a federal drug warrant. While he complies, authorities say Littleton, standing nearby, appears to pull out a weapon. A witness at the scene told investigators that Mr. Littleton stated, and I'm not going to say it in the exact verbiage, but basically that you're not going to take my man. This body cam footage appears to show Littleton shooting at an officer and missing before police return fire. He is what I would describe as an American hero. Despite being fired upon, he continued to advance. The police chief says he released the videos to set the record straight. This is about transparency. But even after these images became public, protesters still want answers. Let him go. Shoot him in the leg. He'll be all right. Do not take somebody's life. Kathy Park, NBC News. So cops were making an arrest of someone else. Hakeem was there. Decided to take the opportunity to try and execute a cop. You can clearly see him pulling a gun and firing him. And then he was shot and killed. So you know, thank God the police were able to take him down before any of before he was able to successfully murder any of them. He's the bad guy here, cut and dry. You know, it's 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 sad that he decided to to throw his own life away. Pitiful that he made that choice. But there's no outrage here. There's no injustice. And once again, you know, it's it it just feels hopeless after a while because this doesn't matter either. I mean, you. If, if, if you were dealing with rational people and there was a protest over a police shooting and then a video came out proving that the person who was shot was shooting at police, that would be the end of it. And the protesters, if they were rational people, and also maybe not even being rational isn't even the issue. If they were really concerned about police brutality, if that was actually the concern, then they would say, oh, okay, you know what, we got this one wrong. Sorry to the police officers. You were, you know, you're defending yourselves, obviously. Thank you for keeping our community safe. We'll go home. People who re were really concerned about police brutality, that's how they would respond. But these protesters, of course, don't care about police brutality at all. It's got nothing to do with it. For a lot of them, it's just an excuse, a, a you know, a forum for wreaking destruction and, and, and all of that. And then we know for BLM and, and um, the leaders of this movement, they've got a lot of a, a lot on their plate agenda-wise, uh, and, and police brutality has almost nothing to do with any of it. Number three, let's go over to the UK to talk about soccer, which, uh, which uh, you know, is a great activity for people who don't like sports. Crystal Palace winger Wilfried Zaha. I don't know what any of those words mean. A winger sounds like something you'd order at Applebee's. I don't know. But anyway, Zaha recently posted online uh, some screenshots of racist messages that he received from someone, and they are certainly very racist and objectionable messages. The police got involved, went and tracked down the source of these messages. Turns out the culprit was a 12-year-old boy, a 12-year-old who was sending mean messages to a grown man, a soccer player. Now, in a sane world, the story ends there. The boy's parents deal with his bad behavior, maybe ground him, take away his video games, you know, something like that. And the rest of the world moves on. But we don't live in such a world. So instead, the police arrested the 12-year-old boy for the bad things he wrote online. And nobody seems to have any problem with this either. The police department issued a statement saying the 12-year-old arrested 
in connection with racist social media messages sent to a footballer has been, has been released uh, under investigation while our inquiries continue. Racism has no place in our society, and we're attempting to contact the footballer to obtain a statement. So they're, they're still investigating. What is there to investigate? It was a 12-year-old saying bad stuff. Um, Zaha, Zaha also is not stepping in. He, you know, This is where if it were me, I would step in and say, hey, whoa, okay, guys, we don't need to arrest. I didn't realize there's a 12-year-old. Listen, we don't need to arrest prepubescent children for saying bad things. Let's let us let's, let's just, let's, let's calm down, okay? That's not what uh, Zaha is saying. He's fully on board. Um, here's his statement. He says, very disappointed we didn't get a better result yesterday, but I wanted to come on here to thank all of you for your messages and support. I would also like to thank the West Midlands police for their swift action in making an arrest. People need to understand that whatever your age, your behavior and your words come with consequences and you cannot hide behind social media. So he's fully on board with uh, with with arresting a 12-year-old. Hodgson is the manager of the soccer team. He says, it's very saddening on the day of a game that a player wakes up to this cowardly and despicable abuse. Um, I think it's right that it, people are made aware of it. I don't think this is something we should keep quiet about. There is literally no excuse. There is no excuse at all. Cowardly, despicable actions. You're talking about a 12-year-old here. And then doing a cursory glance online, looking at the comments on Sky News, uh, the Sky News post about this, the comments are probably 90% in favor of the arrest of a 12-year-old. With the caveat that many of them are saying the parents also should be arrested. That's their problem with this. It's not that they'd arrested a 12-year-old for stuff that he wrote online, for mean comments he made to a, to a grown man. It's that they didn't also arrest the, the parents for it as well. Number four, the head writer for Tucker Carlson's show, Blake Neff, has resigned after someone told the media that uh, he, Neff, has been posting anonymously on a message board for years now, and many of his posts are racist and sexist. Um, the media has been having a field day with this, of course, and Fox News came out forcefully to condemn Neff. Here's what they said. We want to make abundantly clear that Fox News media strongly condemns this horrific, racist, misogynistic, and homophobic behavior. Neff's abhorrent conduct was never divulged to the show until Friday, at which point we swiftly accepted his resignation. Make no mistake, actions such as this cannot be and will not be tolerated at any time in any part of our workforce. Now, the interesting thing is that the folks over at NBC have been spiking the football over this, but uh, NBC has just promoted Joy Reid, who is a woman who on her own blog, under her own name, for years, posted stuff that was in line with a lot of the things this guy was writing, uh, particularly when it comes to you know her comments about homosexuals. And again, she was doing that under her own name, proudly, for years. And rather than accept responsibility, she claimed that she'd been hacked when all this was found out. But NBC, not only does NBC not condemn and fire her, but actually they're promoting her. They're giving her more airtime. And herein lies another crucial distinction between the left and right. Fox is tripping all over itself, condemning, oh, it's horrific, unimaginable, terrible. He's gone. We're getting rid of him. While NBC grants a larger platform to their own offender. It's, and, and let me just say also, by the way, horrific is a word that more accurately describes, say, the actions of a serial killer or a school shooter or someone like that. That, that, that's a word you pull out when, 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 when something like that happens. Horrific. Horrific actions. 
trolling a message board anonymously is not horrific. It might be bad. It might be objectionable. But you know, I really think we should reserve a word like horrific for actually horrific. Th- like something that you, when, when you hear about it, you are actually horrified. Like you, it takes your breath away. It's so horrifying. That's what horrific is. Um, I, 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 I've never been aware of any comment on a message board that could possibly rise to that level. But, you know, that's just me. Number five, finally, we must pause to honor um, this hero. Watch. You take a picture of me. Does that make you feel better? Why don't you get a life, lady? Dude, I have a life. No, and they're going around taking pictures of yes, people? Yes, because of what I you're doing, so can you not follow the lines on keep, the floor? Keep your mouth running. The governor, the, the mayor is asking us all no, to wear a mask. And look at you, not wearing a mask. Oh, dear. I Lord. wear a mask you to protect myself. Political, it's unbelievable. Now you have accosted me in this store. You've it's not a law that I've got to wear a mask. Not wearing a mask. And if you're gonna keep this up, maybe we'll get the police department hey, in Mom, here. Hey, Mom, what you call nine one one then? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, another one. You people are like monkeys falling out of a tree. No, you're the monkey that has it. Yeah. Hey, I'll tell Dragging you what. those knuckles Y'all that you've not bought. Okay, how's that grab you? Ever heard and of Darwinism? Evolution? Evolve, mister. Why don't you burn something down? Why don't you go back to where you were? Yeah. Why don't you need to evolve burn down or something? You know? You must be the one who's Are you burning crosses? Are you burning crosses? You are. No, you're the idiot. Yeah, yeah. But well, you you're the one playing your life on a freaking computer. You have no life. So this is what your life is? Dude, I'm out doing my shopping. Unbelievable. You're unbelievable. Good luck with the virus. Good luck with the virus. Your whole family tree is getting cut off at its roots. That that man, we need to build an, a statue to that man and guard it. We need to put post-armed guards around the statue 24-7 so that no harm comes to the statue. But I... And this is not, I think we should be clear, you know, we've seen a lot of these videos with, with involving people wearing masks or not wearing masks and everything. And uh, sometimes there are people who go in to places without the mask on. They're the ones filming and they're trying to make a scene or a statement out of it, which I think is really stupid. This is a guy, he's not looking, he's, he wasn't looking for any attention. He wasn't making a statement or making a scene. He just, he had he had the shopping list from his wife in his hand, you could see there. And uh, he was just going in to buy some stuff. And he wanted to go about his day. He wasn't bothering anybody. He wasn't hurting anybody. If you're worried that he's going to spread a disease to you, then just keep walking. Go to a different aisle. Avoid him. If you're really scared about it, you don't surround him and get within six feet and start shouting at him. Get into a shouting match. That's not what you would do if you're really worried that someone's going to spread a disease to you. But I thought he handled that. Just every part of the way he handled that was great. Um, and that is just, that's a classic dad right there. Okay. He's got the t-shirt tucked in, the jorts, uh, the glorious beer gut. He's got the white shoes, the socks pulled up, you know, shopping list from his wife, hat on. Okay. That is, that is a dad and you don't tangle, you don't tangle with a classic dad. Some of these new age dads, maybe you could, you could get away with that, but not, not this dad. Those ladies, they should have known that. Okay. This is not. Go pick on someone else. And you know what else is going to happen? I guarantee this, okay? That guy went home, 
and either didn't mention this event at all to his wife or told her about it in about three minutes and then went outside to mow the grass. And that was it. And he stopped thinking about it. Meanwhile, those women, I guarantee you, they went home to their tortured husbands and, 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 and told them this story in about a three-hour-long saga. You know, the story taking 100 times longer than the actual event itself that it's meant to describe uh, and, and are still talking. And then they called all their friends and they're going to be t- talking about it at Thanksgiving. Guaranteed. Um, but then again, as a man, if you choose to marry a woman like that, I guess you really bring it on yourself. Let's go to our, finally, our daily cancellation. Today, in what is probably my most important cancellation to date, I'll be canceling the makers of Slip and Slide for causing um, the injuries that I'm currently suffering from. We got a Slip and Slide, a a Finding Nemo Slip and Slide, to be precise. And because I'm a loving father, I decided that I needed to try it out um, and uh, uh, just test it to make sure it's safe, you know, um, the same, same, same philosophy, of course, with, with like with Halloween candy. You know, you always, I always make sure that I eat uh, about half of it, just to really be sure that there's no poison or anything. So um, I tested it about six or seven times, again, just to ensure the safety of the device. And that's when I sustained my life-threatening injuries, uh, as this footage recorded by my wife clearly shows. This is this is difficult to watch. Um, it's a little bit gruesome, but here it is. Yes, uh, pretty awful. I tumbled right over the end of it onto the grass, rolling and flopping around like a wounded fish with Nemo's eyes staring at me mockingly. There's not nearly enough runway on that thing for a man my size. It needs to be about 50 or 60 feet longer. Now, some people have told me that slip and slides are not made for 34-year-old men and that actually there's a huge warning label right on it saying, don't use this if you're over the age of 12, fatal injury could occur. Um, others told me I shouldn't have put it on a hill. Others told me I shouldn't be wearing a shirt for water activities like a fat kid. Um, all of this is nothing but victim shaming and body shaming. You know, the, the fact that, that, that any of you would rationalize my abuse and take the side of my abuser, slip and slide, just shows how much work we have yet to do in this society. We think we've made progress, but we have not made nearly enough progress. I have three broken ribs a ruptured spleen, a punctured lung, or at least I feel like that's what I have, which is the same thing as having it. And I blame everyone for this. I blame uh, the makers of Slips and Slide. I blame my children, who are all canceled as well. I mean, they're the ones who cheered me on. You know, They should have known that I was putting my life at risk and stepped in to prevent it. My three-year-old was standing there just applauding Why didn't he stand in the way and say, no, Father, I can't let you do this. The results will be calamitous. Desist, Father, I beg you. Why didn't he say that? My nine-month-old is just just sitting there, sat in silence. Silence is violence. Said nothing. My wife, needless to say, also is canceled. So everybody is canceled, Um, and uh, and, uh, I will do my best to heal from my injuries. But I just want to say, it's, it's not just my physical injuries, uh, as, as, as horrendous as those are, it's the emotional injuries and the feeling of betrayal that I now, that I now must live with for the rest of my life. 
and we'll leave it on that rather sad note. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thank you for listening. I got to go ice up. Godspeed. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review. Tell your friends to subscribe as well. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're there. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, Michael Knowles Show, and The Andrew Clavin Show. Thanks for listening. The Matt Wall Show is produced by Sean Hampton, executive producer Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Our technical producer is Austin Stevens, edited by Danny D'Amico, and our audio is mixed by Robin Fenderson. The Matt Wall Show is a Daily Wire production, copyright Daily Wire 2020.